On today's show, we'll be talking about more changes in the industry due to new orders from the governor, news of a hotel sale, the breakup of Fire and Vine, and more. We'll discuss our eating out experiences so far and what we've been eating at home. And our guest this month is Tiffany Hitt, Special Events Manager for the Pike Place Market Foundation. It's all coming up on the Seattle Dining Show. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Petra Mediterranean Bistro. Take a journey to Greece, Lebanon, Jordan, and the North Shore of Africa by way of Belltown as you dine in a welcoming atmosphere and experience the hospitality that Chef Call provides. Need a quick bite? Drop into the attached cafe or shop for authentic flavors in the adjoining store. Visit PetraBistro.com for more information. Uh, this is Casper Grenier. I'm the owner of Casper Special Event and Catering, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live at the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else just happened to drop by today. Welcome to the August 2020 Seattle Dining Show number 2008. I'm Connie Adams, Senior Editor, and I'm here with Tom Marin, Publisher and Owner of Seattle Dining. Boop, boop. Ooh, not even words. I'm still trying to get a parking space out front. That was my horn. Oh. <laughs> I'm having to honk at people. Why are you having trouble finding a parking space in front of your own building? Because uh, uh, all these people are taking up the spaces that don't live here. Oh, yeah, there has been a little rash of that, hasn't mm-hmm. there? And the mountain beavers need a place to park, too. Yeah, well, they're parking under the building. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> they're just they're stealing you know. all my ferns and eating them. Oh, do they eat ferns? Is that what they're eating? Well, that's what they keep putting in the traps, and it seems to be oh, working. Oh, okay. So. You know, you learn something new every day. <laughs> uh, first of all, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a mountain beaver, let alone what they ate, so... This is the thing about the Seattle Dining Show. You get so much usable information. Well, there was never a TV show called Leave It to Mountain Beaver, so that's why you didn't know that. <laughs> well, perhaps we should start one. Yeah, for 21st century. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, I wanted to talk about, because it's happening, you know, just happened, that um, new orders came from the governor's office, and things are changing again. So now if you go out to eat and you eat indoors, it's limited to members of the same household. Who's policing that? I wonder, yeah. And and besides, a lot of people live together who aren't family or, you know, it could look like a bunch of friends living together, uh, eating together, but they, they could actually live in the same house. Yeah. I don't know. I You know, this is one of those things, I'm, I'm not sure we talked about this last month or not, but... Sometimes it's horrible how this kind of stuff comes down and the people who are policing it are the people who are actually trying to sell. You know, well, you know you're on the honor system with this. Yeah, because just... who at a restaurant wants to kick customers out? Right. You know, you're making the the person who needs the business be the police and that's kind of tough. Boy. But anyway, you can still dine outside your immediate circle if you're eating on the patio or something. Mm. And then in, in phase three, which we're not even in yet, we're still in phase two, it will still be a max of five people at one table, mm-hmm. an occupancy of 50%. I thought before it was going up in each phase, but now 
it's ratcheting down. Hmm. And I hadn't realized this. I'm sure this has been going on all along, but there's you can't play pool, you can't throw darts, can't play video games. Can't until, do karaoke either. Oh, wow. Ah. Until <laughs> I'm telling you. It's, uh, but, you know, what can we say as the numbers go high and the hospitalizations increase and people but are But you can dying. go down to Fred Meyer and get a dartboard and set it up on your patio. Yeah, you know what? I, I did that, and the neighbors were so upset. They, I hit them so many times, <laughs> and they just they got really upset. There's a, one little kid. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I tell you. What do you think about all these changes? Well, when this all started, I, I pretty much told myself it's going to be a, a rough 18 months. And so far, I've been right. Yeah. You, you did. I recall you saying that, and I recall thinking, don't even. I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure it's not true. And, you know, you were right. Yeah. And I, I've talked to, I, I know one chef I talked to, Eric Rivera, and he said, this is, this is going to go on for a while. And I was like, boy, you are Mr. Negative. Well, he was right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you know, I'll miss... Uh Cooking at my rally. We're not having our motorcycle rally no. this year, so I won't be able to cook down there at that and make good food for the staff and anybody else who wants to eat it. Yeah. So. I saw um, on my way up to do the podcast today, I saw a guy getting on his motorcycle and it was all packed up. You know, he was all going someplace. Up. And I did have a little twinge. I, you know, we, we haven't done any of the motorcycle stuff this year, so. Well, I think I'll go to the gorge during the rally weekend mm-hmm. and have my own little rally so I can say we had an official 18th <laughs> yeah. rally in the gorge. Yeah. Maybe me and two other people and we'll camp out at a, a certain campground I like nearby as long as they're go. open. Yeah. Well, the campgrounds, I'll tell you what, the campgrounds are open and they're saying it's a fine thing to do, but you need to make reservations because there's so many people camping. Yeah, That's I know where to get doing. a teepee if I need it. That's true. You know, I go over to Vernon's house and sleep in the teepee. Yeah. So. But can you cook in the teepee? That's the question. You can. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, speaking of cooking, what have we been, where have we, let's talk about eating out first. Okay. We, we did have a numerous coursed dinner at Water's Table at the Hyatt Regency at Southport. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty fabulous. That outdoor patio is completely undercover. So, uh, and yet the sun was in. We were we moved to get out of the sun actually, even though because we were there uh, in the early. Well, yeah, it was like four o'clock to six or something. Yeah, so it was a, it was a late afternoon, and the sun was coming mm-hmm. down enough to break in. So yeah, but that you know that's a fabulous view. Mm-hmm. So, and they've gone much more casual. When they opened that restaurant, it was kind of a fine restaurant. I mean. They had octopus on the menu and um, short ribs and uh, plank salmon and all this kind of stuff. They do. No, it's kind of Cisco casual. Is that what you're saying? Well, you would say that, and it, it wasn't. <laughs> you know, we weren't we weren't wild about it, but but also it is more burgers and fish and chips, and mm-hmm. you know it, they've gone real casual. And I I get it. You know, first of all, it's um, Renton. Um, <laughs> and even though, and they well, they've said you know they're trying to give what the community wants, 
So there are still some nice stuff. I mean, there's a salmon dish. But that was, I think, one of our disappointments is that, you know, when you live in the Northwest, salmon is a big deal. But they're using farmed salmon from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of people use it. It's it's kind of a big deal in the industry um, that this is great salmon and it's farmed, so it's very sustainable and blah, 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 blah. But it it didn't wow me. No, didn't do it so, for me. But. And then we went to Revolve a weekend or two ago. What did you think of that? Uh, that was good. Had some of them bacon-wrapped dates. Mm-hmm. What else did we have? You're you always had the good ribs. at remembering what we ate. You had the ribs. Oh, that's right. I had the ribs. They were pretty good. Yeah, and I had the um, crab and shrimp. And it had <laughs> a lot of stuff in it. It was over some kind of grain, but it had cucumbers. It had a lot of stuff that didn't get listed on the menu, but a lot of it. Thank goodness, no bell peppers. Wasn't fishy. Mm-mm. We sat outside on the sidewalk mm-hmm. and ate, and there's also some dining in the back parking lot now. Yeah. But that wasn't open when we were there. Right. I think that's probably a weekend thing. And they did, that's where they did their Father's Day barbecue and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what Bothell does. The street in front of Revolve and some other businesses is open for cars, but the block up from them is closed so that restaurants and, and retail shops can put their wares out on the sidewalk and even into the street, and pedestrians can just walk around. So their Revolve is hoping that they'll do that on their part of the street, too, and then they would move the back parking lot dining area out front. Tough to take a street called Main Street and close it down. <laughs> but you know what? It's happening all over the place. So if you're yeah. trying to get over to Beardsley... On Main Street, you're going to have to go around anyways because they do have it closed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Bothell's not such a a scary big town that you can't figure out how to get around that closure. So, yeah. And this wasn't really dining out per se, but I did go get the spicy poke from Met Market, which I hadn't done in a long time, and it was really good. That was really good. Highly recommended on that poke. You know, I, I. it's hard to say if it's farmed or not because they really do farm tuna now. You know, yeah, they have yeah. tuna farms, um, but it was delicious. It was not fishy at all. Mm-mm. It was really good poke. And this is our tip: we always get a bag of the Terra. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my God, I knew it seconds ago. Terra chips. Taro? No, not taro. Oh, taro! Yeah, they are. They're made out of uh, taro. Is it? Terra? Yeah. yeah, I guess it is. I was thinking the name of the company is Terra, T-E-R-R-A, isn't it? Yeah, but the, but they're made but out the of taro. taro or taro yeah. or whatever you want to call but it. But those with the poke on them, mm. That's good. We, we, we figured that one out in Hawaii one time. Yeah, that's where we started it, actually. And then it, when, when I got home and saw Met Market had, and they usually have several types of poke mm-hmm. and some ceviche out there. Now, of course, they don't leave it out. It's all packaged up in little yeah, containers. Yeah, buy a but, container of it. Which, you know what, is probably not a bad idea because if that poke is sitting in the, in the bin mm-hmm. and then they're going to, you know, spoon off what you want, yeah. it's in the air all day. Yeah. And now when they package it in the morning, it doesn't get any extra air inside. Yeah, that's true. They wouldn't be bad to keep it that way. So home meals, what have you been cooking? Um... Uh, cheeseburgers. Those were excellent, I must say. (laughs) 
I don't know why I, sometimes. Was it the relish? I was thinking about it. What made them so good? I forgot yeah. to cook the bacon so we didn't have bacon yeah. cheeseburgers. It was grass-fed beef from, from uh, Central Market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I put them on Dave's Killer Bread buns. But you know what? That's what we always do, and you put um, Lowry seasoning salt in. Yep, a little Lowry salt and shallots chopped up. Really delicious. But it, but this particular burger was really good, and I think it, it might have been that that re, that relish. Maybe it was because we had them at my house not that long ago, and they were great. But this was we both were just like, oh my god, oh my god. Yeah. Now the other thing I did was uh, I laid out uh, sixteen triscuits. <laughs> and then I I quartered some provolone and four slices of provolone and put those quarters across each of those triscuits. And then I I took 16 rounds of, of pepperoni and I put them up on top and put them in the oven for about seven minutes and let them warm up and had some nice triscuit pizza. <laughs> mm. I did that last night, but I put it under the broiler. That'll work too. Yeah, it was good. Um, Although it was a little frightening, I went in to get my Triscuit box out, and last time I bought it, I bought the family size. It was almost all gone. There were six left. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah, I can usually do about a box of Triscuits over two nights. They're, they're really <laughs> addictive, and they're not horribly high in sodium. Well, and right now, um, I break a sweat about four hours a day, so I'm not worried about taking those carbohydrates in. But. Yeah. Um, okay, so then um, you saw some Bel Campo organic oh, yeah. beef. They started selling this at Metropolitan Market. So we got some. We got the kielbasas and we got the ground beef, and I was not impressed. I thought it was mm. super gamey tasting. Uh, I didn't like the flavor of it, and I made some. I made the ground beef up, and I stored it for maybe two or three days in the fridge. And then when I went to use it again on some nachos, it was horrible. Oh, God. So I'm not going to recommend the Bel Campo brand. The kielbasa you cut up when I was here one day and put in an omelet. But there was something about the herbs and spices. Yeah, when it was cooking, it was stinky. Yeah. It wasn't as bad when you ate it, Mm -hmm. but but during the cooking process, it was really stinky. They also, Metropolitan Market also has something else, and it's called... Another grass-fed beef, desert something. And I did buy some of that, but it's in the freezer. So i got to take that out and see if it's any good as an alternative. But we, we like the ground beef, you know, at Central. So I, why change? Now, you made some uh, turkey and bacon dip sandwiches. I did. It's not the first time I've made these, but these were particularly good. I got some organic um, Essential Bakery Columbia bread. Mm-hmm. And that has that really nice texture that I like. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to do a dip sandwich, like I love the Dave Killer bread buns, mm-hmm. but they, they're softer. And once you dip them, they fall apart oh, yeah. more easily. So I wanted a little tougher bread. And then I got um, turkey. It was Applegate Naturals. It wasn't the organic because I wanted to get it sliced off the big turkey. Mm-hmm. And so I got it sliced a little thicker. Oh, so it wasn't Applegate Organic. It was oh, Applegate you, Natural. Oh, okay. Which is all non-GMO. And you got you that know. out of the the deli at the market. I went to the butcher counter at Ballard Market. Yeah, okay. So yeah. they don't have any organic products at the butcher counters, is what I found right. out. Yeah, right. I asked, but <clears throat> um, and then I had organic bacon we put on there, and then I made some Johnny Stock dip, mm-hmm. and I put um, horseradish on. 
Mm-hmm. And that was it. They, that was good. Those were really good. I've been enjoying uh, plums and apricots and nectarines because mm. they're all in season right now. Yeah. I haven't done any of those yet. I've got cherries at home again. Stone fruits. Yeah. Stone fruits in July. Yeah. Hmm. We did have um, peaches. I'm not. We didn't talk about this. I'm not sure how crazy I was about that dessert. I, I was looking really for uh, queso fresco, the Spanish cheese that you get on stuff, but I couldn't find it anywhere, so I just used feta. And I chopped up um, peaches and put the feta on and chopped up mint and put it on uh-huh. for our dessert. And then I did put some strawberry balsamic over it. It was okay. It didn't wow me. I probably wouldn't do it again. Our mint bushes are kind of like checking out right now. So I, I know we've been ripping leaves off them, putting them in smoothies. Yeah. And I, I made a smoothie today with uh, – uh, it was a chocolate cherry, mm-hmm. and I put the mint in. Uh, don't do that. Oh, it's only Not, good in the blueberry? Yeah, it's, a, it's only good in the blueberry uh, okay. vanilla. Okay. Well, the other thing I made, uh, I don't know what got me on this, but I decided I wanted a savory muffin for breakfast. So I found a recipe that was almond flour, and it was a bacon cheese muffin. So I chopped up all the cheese and the bacon, and I made these things, and I was all proud of myself because it didn't have any sugar in it. But it tasted not all that great. You mentioned that maybe next time I could put maple syrup in it, and I have been drizzling maple syrup over them now and heating them up in the microwave, mm-hmm. and they're much better. Yeah. But um, they were kind of a – that was a bummer. Yeah, well, got to test stuff. Yeah. According to Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Somebody's in a room with us. I guess. Virtually. <laughs> wow. Sometimes she is so tap, pushy. Tap her on the head, will you? Yeah. She's, uh, she's out of line. Completely. I'm going to have to call Redmond and tell him. We never said her name. I know. I don't, But, you know, she just responds sometimes. You'll be talking to each other and she'll go, yeah. I can't help you with that right now. Yeah. It's like no one asked you to. Like, like, what if somebody was, like, robbing your house and they said something and she just started squawking? Yeah. Wouldn't that be – that would scare the pants out of a burglar woman. Oh, yeah. You'd hope. Yeah, that's probably Sc- just when she'd be silent. It'd scare the pants out of them, not off them. <laughs> so um, – So you had some wine, right? Yeah, let's talk about the wine. Um, I did an interview the other day with uh, Teresa Spellman-Gamble, who owns Tint Wine uh, Cellars out with her husband, Tim – in Woodenville, and they actually have a tasting. Uh, they have the winery in the warehouse district, and they have a tasting room in the Hollywood Hills winery district. And now they've got, um, which is not done yet, but they've purchased a building in Georgetown as an event facility. Wow! So their whole thing is great wine for the Big greater. Big market for that right now. Well, those no. event facilities, yeah. where they're going. Well, you don't know the story yet, and it will come back. <laughs> anyway, their whole theory is great wine for the greater good. So they want to make great wine, but they are giving back all the time. Okay. So um, in any case, I, tr- we, uh, I had two bottles. Uh, not, I did not drink two bottles myself. We shared over a couple nights their rosé and their 28 Viognier, and the 2019 is out now. I liked both of them so much. Mm-hmm. They were yeah, really they were good. good. They were really good. So I'd drink I'm, those again. Yeah. So that, that's kind of an exciting thing. And they've got a lot of – the story is that uh, William Church – they bought William Church Winery and Coolin, Coolin, C-U-I-L-L-I, Quillen Hills. I don't know. 
they bought both of those. Hmm. And then they're they're really starting their own label, which is Tint, but um, eventually they bought all the all the um product. The all that. Well, all the product. So as soon oh. as they get through the inventory, William Church and Quillen Hills will go away. Oh, okay. But it, they've got a lot right now to go through, so so that's the scoop on that. Shall we take a break? And when we come back, we'll look at the latest tidbits from our News Bite file. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Esquin Wine and Spirits. Drop by and check out one of the widest inventories of wines from around the world, as well as local and international spirits, all procured by their expert staff. Is your wine collection ready for a new home? Esquin offers monthly wine store storage lockers in a temperature-controlled environment. Visit their website at madwine.com today. Hi, this is Chad, and I live in Shoreline, but I love to go down to Seattle and dine at the Harvest Vine. This is Russell Lowell, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams. Hello. The world's ultimate food writer. Thank you. Yeah. Somebody had to say it. She writes nobody else good will. food stories. And uh, we're going to pop into the News bite section, see what's going on. What's happening out there in the world of food? Well, some big stuff going on. Fire and Vine, which was started as a combination of McKay Restaurant Group, which is El Gaucho and Aquabile Gaucho Heirloom, all that, and Jason Wilson, who had Miller's Guild and uh, Lakeside in Bellevue, the Lake Lake House in Bellevue, sorry. Once upon a time had Crush. Crush, yeah. So they, um, at the time they announced this, I thought it was like they merged their companies together. Now what they're saying is that Jason's reached the end of his three-year tenure as corporate chef. And because of all that's happening in the world – they decided to split and focus on what they do best. So Fire and Vine, which is run by Chad McKay, is continuing to run the El Gauchos and Aqua Heirloom, and they manage properties like Heritage Resort, Walla Walla State Company, and Crossbuck Brewing. Jason is retaining control of his Lake House and Civility and Unrest, which is the bar in Bellevue. And um, he said in an email to me the other day that he's like, in the kitchen cooking. So I think he's he wanted to get back, you know, to actually being mm-hmm. a chef. So that's good. And and from what I understand, everybody's happy with the situation. They're all friends because Chad and Jason have, have been become good friends. Mm-hmm. So you'd hate to think that something happened, you know, but it appears that everything's just fine. And then Nicole Wilson will own Miller's Guild, and she will open reopen that at some point. It's not open now. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, we talked to one, uh, I don't know, a few months ago about restaurants that hire chefs and then they let them go and they, <laughs> they get all their their recipes. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure that's not what they plan to do. But uh, Yeah, I think when they started, it was more of, you have some real skills we could use mm-hmm. and, and you could use some of our skills. Mm-hmm. I mean, McKay family is all about... Um, service. 
customer service and everything. So I think that really was something that I don't think Jason was bad at, but, you know, it wasn't the the focus. Yeah. Because he's all about food. And so, but because he's all about food, he's just a great chef. Mm-hmm. So I think they did really help each other. And now they're just back to focusing on what they like. So the Lowe's Hotel 1000 in downtown Seattle is on the market. And at first I was just aghast. I was like, oh, my God, no. It turns out it's sold twice in the last four years or something. So it's not um, any big deal, really. They just finished – Lowe's just finished a renovation in 2017. So whoever buys it is going to get a nice, fairly new hotel. And the listing company says the sale has nothing to do with a pandemic but more to do with Lowe's focusing on larger properties – For instance, they're working toward an 888-room hotel in Texas. Because everything's big in Texas. Everything's big in Texas. So uh, what's the restaurant in Hotel 1000? All Water Seafood. That's it. So that go with the sale? I would imagine, yeah. It's part of the Uh, hotel. It's the hotel restaurant. All right. Yeah. And then this one, um, even though it came from the owners, I'm wondering if it's for real. I'm not. It's for real. They're struggling with this, but... Eden Hill Restaurant, which is on the north side of uh, north end of Queen Anne, the top of Queen Anne Hill, mm-hmm. and when um, Max and Jennifer Petty opened that, it was it was their baby, you know, and now it is on the verge of closing permanently, according to a newsletter they sent out, and they they're trying to keep the skeleton crew together. They're trying in home meals where you can order a curated meal and the staff will do it in your home, which. I'm not sure that's great for the staff. I mean, you don't yeah. know. I don't know. I well, they got probably got a bunch of you know mask up rules yeah. and all. But. Yeah, and the, and the if you're going to go into somebody's home, they've got rules they have to follow. Yeah. So you can't come in the kitchen when I'm in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but they say uh, I thought this was so sad. They said that if anyone notices the restaurant's closed, don't look for us because we'll be trying to heal ourselves someplace in a warmer climate. Well, so does that mean they're going to leave for a while and take a vacation? Is well, that what that means? Probably. If they close it, they're just, it's going to be so. Because they've still got Eden Hill provisions. They've got so Eden Hill provisions. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, he Max is in there cooking oftentimes, too, but they've got a staff that's pumping it. The other thing I have to say about this newsletter they sent out, uh-huh. it was, I, I love that they're so honest. The newsletter started with, if you've had a burger in the last month, we're sorry. And apparently they... They made the decision to go completely local, uh-huh. and Jennifer apparently was saying to Max, it's not a very good burger anymore. Yeah. And uh, he was like, uh-uh. And then he made one at home the other day, and it just sucked. Hmm. <laughs> so they're just apologizing that if you've had a burger there in the last month, it's not what it should have been, and they're back to the burger that made them famous practically. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's all good to uh, do the sustainable, organic, local thing. But if the if the product that you're getting, like, you know, remember that time that fancy schmancy restaurant had some lamb? Oh my god, that was horrible. It was lamb. so gamey. It was from Ellensburg, and it was terrible. Yeah. So, um, oh, and you know what I was thinking uh, as you say this? You know, there's that fancy schmancy restaurant up there that's doing like uh, takeout food for 150 bucks a person. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe this, uh, thing about we'll come into your home and make a meal for you, maybe there's a market for that because yeah. the fancy schmancy place is getting a business, yeah. so. Well, and look at Cooking with Class, the fundraiser. The reason people love that is because they can go to the auction and buy a chef dinner in their home. Uh-huh. You know, people do love that. So, I don't know. 
Um, this isn't food-related, but the City of Seattle Special Events Committee has voted against issuing any special events permits through September 7th, and my guess it'll go longer than that. But that means no bumper shoot this year. And it yeah. would have been the 49th year. There was no folk life either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't notice on here you didn't talk about the fancy-smancy restaurant that has the Crab Shack going on. Yes. On Aurora. But, you know, um, uh, they're closed on Sundays. Hmm. So if you need to get crabs on Sunday, you have to go up further up on Aurora. <laughs> I thought you were not going to talk about this online. <laughs> Sometimes I don't talk about what they're doing because they're reinventing themselves almost weekly. Yeah. So... And some a particular newspaper who usually has a rule we only talk about something once a year, some place uh, has already written about them like three times yeah. this year or so. Oh. Anyways, well, I just wanted to give that hot tip on where to get crabs on Aurora <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> Moving on, we have Tom Douglas news. You know, he closed Brave Horse Tavern and Trattoria Cuoco permanently. They were both at the end of a 10-year leases, and both are in South Lake Union, which, you know, does not have the foot traffic anymore. Yeah. Um, and then they're still, and I'm putting this in quotations, navigating the reopening of the downtown restaurant. So that hasn't even been decided yet. But he does have his Ballard Warehouse in operation, and they're doing serious takeout, rub with love, meal boxes, and weekly pop-up events. Mm-hmm. So he's got, they're not giving up, you know, they're... You know, this is uh, this is something that uh, I don't see being written about. Uh, there's so many stories being written right now. I don't I don't catch them all, but I mean, there going to be a serious uh, glut of property, a property of of uh, office space that's going to open up and downtown, restaurants. and then the restaurants are going to be hurting because everybody's going to be working at home using Zoom and whatever. Yeah. It's uh, it's crazy. It's going to be. It's, it, even if the pandemic goes away, uh, I don't think we're going to see that office space fill up anytime soon. People have figured out how to do it another way. Well, and also right now, uh, there's still protests every weekend and, and probably more because I'm never down there but downtown. Mm-hmm. So even if the pandemic goes away, the whole social justice issue is, you know, still going on. And honestly, if I was working downtown and thought I was going to have to cross lines or, you know, come out at night and maybe get shot at the bus stop or, you know, and I'm taking my life in my hands to work in an office when the pandemic's going on, I don't think I'd be very interested in getting back there. Yeah. So if you if you need some office space downtown, I think you need a really good deal coming good up. Deal. And, you know, they're still building stuff. So there's a lot of projects in, in you know, that were going along. So I don't know what's going to happen. And I, I, you know, I, I hate to say this, but... Um, they may want to put a moratorium on any additional building downtown right now because you got, how are you going to help out all these landlords that have space already yeah. available? Personally, if I were the kind of person who had a lot of money and I like to build things, I just wouldn't be doing it right now. No. I mean, why build more? When but, it's, you know, it, 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 it's, it's like trying to stop a locomotive. You, yeah. it, there, there's a lot of, of – uh, Stuff that, Once progress. that stuff gets started, you can't stop it, but you can stop it. The next train from yeah, coming in. exactly. So. Anyway. Anyway, well, Metropolitan Market opened their eighth location. This one's on Mercer Island on 77th Avenue Southeast, and that opened at the end of July. So this is where the New Seasons was. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, and uh, and uh, the wine steward, Lenny, there, mm-hmm. 
he was uh, tasked by Metropolitan Market to blow out all the inventory. They told him he had four weeks to do it, and within a week, he had the shelves bare. Whoa. So he did a good job on that. That's the kind well, of he guy knows he his is. customers. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking of wine, um, Delil's Chaleur Blanc, which, you know, has been there. Engine. They're, it's like their Big Mac. Yeah, exactly. And they <laughs> it's always good. At the mid-July, the 25th vintage mm. came available. That just blew me away. Did you get me a case? No, I oh, did not. Sorry. And, and I could have ordered online in advance, and I could have called for curbside delivery, but did I? No. You'd have had to get into your 401k if you did that. I know. I think I, I, what blew me away was the 25th vintage. I mean, I swear I... Well, I guess I almost was around when they started up. Jeez, it just uh, is amazing. You were around when they started their 50th. Hey. Or first of. Now, no need to get ugly. (laughs) No need to get ugly. Well, listen, let's move on to the calendar because there's not a lot there. This is the first time we've done the calendar since, like, March. And basically, there's not a whole lot out there. Um. And a lot of it is either I'm just letting you know that it's gone virtual or postponed. So the Northwest Food Show has been moved to April 18th and 19th in the Portland Expo Center. The Northwest Event Show went virtual this year and is looking towards spring for a physical show. Wild Bites at Woodland Park Zoo was scheduled for August 21. That's just been canceled outright. What is that? You go up and eat animals at the Woodland Park Zoo? No. You oh. just hang out with the animals and eat other stuff. Oh, you like share cookies with a gorilla? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Or a branch. You know, have a branch or something. Yeah, or maybe share some uh, ferns with the mountain beavers. Yeah, or <laughs> crab. Who knows? Who knows who wants crab? Yeah, that, well, that's pretty south of where most of the crabs are, but yeah. <laughs> Um, as we will talk about later today, Cooking with Class is still scheduled for September 10th, but it is going virtual. Um, and it's going to be a lot of fun. It is going to be fun. It is. And then Brew at the Zoo is scheduled for October 1st from 6 to 9. At the moment, it still appears to be on, but if you look at the website, it, there's a lot of details coming soon, like what breweries are going to be there, details oh. coming soon. They're just hanging out, just as we did for a long time on Cooking with Class, not wanting to... Stop it! Just like with the rally, let's let's let go and see if we can make it happen. And no. yeah, and if they, you know, if they knock this gatherings down to like a hundred people, yeah, outside, that's not going to bode well happen. for that. Yeah. So I'd hold off on buying tickets for that right now. Yeah, I'm not even sure they'll let you. Probably, unless they want to say you can use them next year or something. So we did a little tease about cooking with class. And we've got uh, a special guest here, and we're going to talk more about that. We'll take a little break and come back. Excellent. Okay. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Queen Anne Olive Oil. Explore their huge selection of flavor-infused olive oils and balsamics. Mix and match to create some unique taste treats. Take a field trip soon to the top of Queen Anne and experience oils and vinegars in a whole new way. Find more information at QueenAnneOliveOil.com. Hi, this is Lenny. I live in Beacon Hill, and one of my favorite restaurants is Parasol, but it happens to be in Retton. Hi, this is Phil Klein with Natchez Heights Vineyards, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show.
We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I am Tom Marin, the publisher. I'm here with Connie Adams, the front of the house. And following that dismal calendar segment where we told you everything that was canceled, <laughs> we've got some good news. And the news is that we are going to have Cooking with Class this year in a very special sort of way. And Connie Adams is here together with Tiffany Hitt from the Pike Place Market Foundation to fill you all in on how it's all going to go down. Yes, Tiffany is in charge. She's the special events manager for the foundation. Tiffany, nice to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. Um, the reason we wanted you to come because so many events are going virtual. You've already gone through one, which is actually kind of a replacement for Sunset Supper, which everyone's crying in their soup about. Yes. So um, uh, we wanted to start out talking about that. You know, what have you done in terms of Sunset Supper, and the, a little bit about what it took to do the rally for the market, and then what else is going on now with the Market Foundation? A little bit about the foundation itself. Sure. So, yeah, the Pike Place Market Foundation, we exist in the market to support the community of the market. So not everybody realizes that Pike Place Market is more than the fish and the flowers and the great food. There's a whole community of people that work in the market and live in the market and provide social services for the market. And as many people have seen, you know, Pike Place Market has been hit really hard during this Mm -hmm. pandemic. Um, They've been operating at about 10% up until a few weeks ago where things are starting to open up a bit more. But there are many small business owners and people who work for the small businesses who have been out of work. Um, So the economic impact of this pandemic has been pretty vast for the market community. Um, So we right now are in the middle of a Pike Place Market recovery campaign where we are fundraising to support small businesses as well as social services that provide essential food and housing and health care for people who live and work in the market, as well as other types of resources. So as a fundraising organization, we rely typically on events um, to bring people to Pike Place Market, um, offering donations to our community through ticket purchases and sponsorships and um, all sorts of fun stuff. And it's a big part of the way that we raise money for our community. So having to pivot to a new way of doing that has certainly been challenging um, and has not been easy, but we've been really pleased with the way that the community has rallied together to do that, and we've learned a lot along the way. Yeah. You know, to kind of go back to one of the things you said earlier, just because I had this experience the other day when I was down there, it's really strange to walk in and see three or four vendors open, you know, a couple of vegetable places, couple fish places. And I thought after the meeting we had, I thought, you know what? I am going to go down since I drove. I will go over and get some crab for dinner. Nice. Yay. Yay. And I left at 3.30 and they were gone. They were already closed for the day. So if you're going down there, know that it's going to be limited. Check I don't know if it's on the website or not. It is on the website. And what's nice is they are operating closer to full capacity from Thursday through Saturday. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are the best days to go down now. Um, So really limiting the time that people are in the market and that risk of exposure to when people are more likely to be down and shopping. So, um, yes, things are opening up and the crafters are coming back, too, again, on that weekend time frame. 
um, and businesses are open a little bit yeah. later. But in the early part, you know, people just aren't coming down to the market quite as much. Yeah. But what's wonderful is when things are open, there are not the huge crowds and the huge lines, and it's really wonderful. You can just walk down the middle of that street. Yep, you can walk down. <laughs> you can say hi to everybody. You can go to the original Starbucks yeah. and just walk right up to the counter, which has never ever happened yeah. in my time in Seattle, at exactly. least. So. Um, we're saying, you know, locals come down. It's open air. It's yeah. supporting small businesses. It's supporting local. And it's delicious, wonderful food. And, and it's goods. still the market. It still has that feel. Yes. It's just quiet. Yes. And so, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about some lessons you learned on that first virtual event you did. Sure. So we did a virtual event called Support the Market in June. And it replaced our spring fundraising event, which is sort of like a gala um, format where we usually invite 300 of our most loyal and generous donors to come into the market front at Pike Place Market, which is this beautiful pavilion with water, with uh, views of Elliott oh, Bay and the, and the Great Whale. It's gorgeous. And we usually feed these people and we do a program and a raise the paddle. Um, and this year, of course, we could not gather with yeah. 300 of our favorite donors. So we brought that to people at home. Mm -hmm. So it was a live stream and um, we worked really hard to have voices of the community amplified through um, short interviews and segments and produced videos to show people what was happening in the market. Um, because we know a lot of people were curious. They yeah. were seeing images of the empty market on, you know, the news. And even, you know, in the New York Times, it's gone as far as oh, um, being that kind of representation of the economic impact in Seattle. So we shared what was happening, and we were able to to show how the community truly is rallying together. Um, people have come together to help each other out in so many different ways, and we were able to amplify that to people who might not otherwise be able to see and hear those stories. Mm -hmm. So we turned it into a really wonderful opportunity where we could reach much more than 300 people that we could fit in that beautiful pavilion um, and turned it into an opportunity to expand our reach. And we were so so thrilled with how the community came together to yeah. donate to the market recovery campaign. Um, so it was challenging in that there's new technology yeah. and there's new giving platforms and there's new live streaming services and videos. And it was a steep learning curve for us to be maneuvering not only in the middle of this pandemic, but also during this big social justice movement yes. as well. So you know, a lot going on in Seattle, but it was really important for us to get our our mission out there. Mm -hmm. And we were so pleased that at the end of the day, people care about Pike Place Market and they came together to support it. One of the things that I really liked, and you guys can go out to the pikeplacemarketfoundation.org and look at it. It's still up on YouTube. Um, but you did some historical things. And you talked about Victor Steinbrook and the Save the Market campaign. When was that, 80s? In the 70s, 70s. yeah, 60s, 70s. Um, and it really, I think, captured what you were trying to say, which is it's always been the heart of the city, mm -hmm. the soul of the city. So, you know, look at what we've gotten through. Yes. Don't let this take us down. Yeah, this is not the first time that the market has have faced a major challenge. Um, as you mentioned, you know, the market was threatened to be torn down um, mm. in the 60s and had a huge economic impact um, in World War II when the Japanese farmers yeah. were in incarcerated. And, you know, there's been many different kind of dark periods of yeah. Pike Place Market's history. And every single time, the people are what have brought the market back together by coming together to 
you know, declare the market as a national historic landmark. So yeah. it will now always stand there and always be a place for people to sell um, and to gather um, in the heart of the city. And so we know we're going to get through this, but it doesn't yeah. mean that it's easy. easy. <laughs> well, yeah. isn't, didn't the market begin during the Depression and prices were so high on food that it began just as it is today, where farmers could sell directly yes. to consumers instead of going through somebody else. Yep, that's exactly right. So that's why when you're in the market, if you look up um, on the building next to the big neon sign, it says, meet the producer. And that's a fundamental value of Pike Place Market is that you can meet the person who is producing these goods, are these growing these flowers. Um, the people who you buy the flowers from are the people who have cut them and are growing yeah. them. Um, and so it really is that direct producer to consumer um, platform. Mm -hmm. Pretty special. Yeah. One of the things that I think people should know, and maybe it's just because I focus on money a lot, but you know, people give at, at events, and then you think, ah, oh, it's just a it's just a virtual thing. I don't want to get on there. I don't know how long it's going to last. I don't know, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's actually almost more expensive, certainly for Cooking with Class, because Salty's has donated that venue to us for 19 years, 18 years, since we're not going to be there this year. But um, there are cameramen, there are live streamers, there are every, there's all these pieces that you have already talked about that have to be done, and none of us know how to do that. We yes. don't have those skills. Yes. You have to hire those people. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the only offset is that we're not going to have a sound man there, you know, because <laughs> yeah. we don't need that. But, but everybody else yeah. you know, is coming in and you have to find ways to work. It's so true. But what's inspiring is that instead of looking at it as a shortfall of like, oh, you know, we can't do these certain things, we're looking at, well, what can we do? Exactly. And, um, you know, being able to to bring experiences outside of that room to people at home is really wonderful. Mm -hmm. And it's proving pretty successful. You know, I'm really in tune with other um, nonprofits that are doing these virtual events around the nation, and people are finding that it can actually help raise more money, mostly because of that reach. Yeah. So not everybody can necessarily, you know, make it to Salty's on Alki yeah. on, on a particular Thursday, maybe because of things happening in their life, but they can tune in from home, you know, while they're yeah. um, relaxing or, yeah. you know. And we've had a lot like of that. people who love that event and they've moved, mm -hmm. but they may want to do the virtual thing because they can. And also just like the support the market, cooking with class is going to be free this year. Yes. So there's a lot of people who would maybe, maybe even like to donate they don't have a lot of money and they can't pay the ticket price. Mm -hmm. um, but this, you know, they could still view three chefs this year. And yeah. so you're right. It, it has a, a greater reach mm -hmm. potential. And, and everybody I've talked to also has said, we actually did better than I thought we would. Yeah. And really, it's just about people doing what they can, you mm -hmm. know. So it's not that anybody who comes to the event has to bid on and win that fantastic cruise yeah. um, travel package, which, of course, I would love to, <laughs> to <laughs> bid on myself. But giving what is is generous to you, you know, and, mm -hmm. and knowing that everybody is stronger when we come together. Mm -hmm. So from small, you know, donations to large donations, um, whatever's valuable to the individual, that adds up to a really big impact. And yeah. it's wonderful to see that. Yeah, it really is. Um, let's see. We talked a little bit about already um, helping the businesses as well as the community. And, of course, that leads us back to Cooking with Class because our thing has, for all these years that we've been doing it has been about 
um, helping the seniors. Mm -hmm. So when I first started talking to you guys about making the Market Foundation the beneficiary, and this is something I learned at the time, the Market Foundation is it is a nonprofit, but it isn't the one that like does something. You <laughs> just funnel the money to these other programs. So we were able to stick with we want to make sure that the seniors are okay. So yeah. even though we came to the market, which has so many things like a daycare center and all these other programs going on, we could focus it on the programs that help seniors. Yeah, and not everybody knows that the Market Foundation over the past two or three years, we've actually gone through a transformation to be providing resources. Um, oh, okay. So we were created back in the 80s to make sure that our community could remain stable, and we were mostly caring for low-income seniors who mm -hmm. live in the market, work in the market, and access resources in the market. So mm -hmm. there's the amazing Pike Market Senior Center that offers two free warm meals to seniors um, in the region, many of whom are living on a uh, homeless, um, as well as the food bank and other services that, that serve those seniors. So when we were originally created, we were created as a fundraising organization. Okay. But over the past two or three years, we've opened up what we call the Market Commons, which is a community center now where anybody, senior or, or young or you know all ages, can come in and find out information about different resources, oh, nice. about how to improve their lives, um, about building community. So there's a lot of activities that are held in the Market Commons now that bring people together. Um, a lot of the seniors who are living in the housing nearby are living in isolation. So they exactly. might not have family members nearby or, you know, maybe their they're, you know, kids are gone and in different regions and isolation can have a pretty detrimental impact oh, to yeah. physical and mental health. So we're most proud of that impact that we've had, which is bringing people together mm -hmm. and seeing their health thrive and being able to identify their needs that way. Not everybody is so brave to say, hey, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't have a bed. I'm yeah. sleeping on the floor. Um, but through building relationships, people can find that I find that out and say, hey, you know, we have a, a, a business over here who, you know, will donate a bed for your yeah. apartment. And so there's been really small things like that that yeah. have come directly from being able to reach these clients um, better. So we're really happy with that. And you think about that, you know, it's maybe even a single bed. Well, big deal. Well, to that person, oh, it yeah. is huge. Mm -hmm. And huge. The, the general health and well-being of a person so it depends on, on how they're sleeping exactly. um, or on how they're communicating with people. If they're, if they're just at home and they're watching TV, that's not a, a life yeah. that they want to live mm -hmm. um, more often than not. So. The other thing that I think is really critical in the, in the market is a, a place that this happens is all kinds of ages are yes. together. Because I used to work at a retirement assisted living kind of place, <clears throat> and they had daycare on site, as does the market. Mm -hmm. And they would, about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, throw the kids in the little radio flyer wagons and take them all over the building. And it was the highlight of people's days. You know, they just loved seeing the kids. And the kids had nothing but attention. They loved it. <laughs> and it really... And, you know, most of the staff is in between there. You know, they're 20s to 60s. So every age was represented and the same thing here. Mm -hmm. And that, that makes a huge difference because that's real life. Yes. You're not... 
in a place where it's not real. Yeah. There's a really f- wonderful program that we have in the market. There's the Pike Market Preschool and Child Care, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. and they happen to, their playground happens to be right next to Heritage House, oh, yeah. um, which is an assisted living facility for older adults. Um, and so they're right next to each other. And so they've developed a, a grandparents program um, oh. where the kids and the um, adults um, get together for dancing and food and all of that. And what they found is that both groups find that to be their favorite day. So oh. the young ones love to go see the grandparents, and the grandparents, yeah. of course, love the the you know youth and innocence and energy yeah. from the young ones. And it's just really wonderful to see. Yeah, that is really cool. So many people don't have um, their grandparents nearby. Right. So yeah. they, you know. It's really fun. Yeah. And just yeah. building that mutual respect, too, mm-hmm. you know, to um, it's just bringing back the humanity in us all, that we're all humans. We're all here to, to provide love to one another and to experience mm-hmm. life. And, and even just small interactions like that can really yeah. have a big impact. I think, too, that kind of this is a, a generalization, but America, compared to other countries, not as much respect for elders. Right. You know, it's like, just move along. You know, I'm busy. And I think that having kids grow up around older people just kind of takes that away. They're, they're more concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that, you know, human to human thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So here's what I'm thinking. Okay. We're going to talk about how cooking with glass is going to roll next. Okay. But let's take a little break. I got a joke for you guys when we're off the air. <laughs> And then we'll come right back. Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by Salty Seafood Waterfront Restaurants. Visit them on the water at their Alki, Redondo, and Portland locations. Hi, I'm Danielle. I live in Ballard, just moved here from Orlando, Florida. One of the restaurants I love so far is Bitterroot off Ballard Ave. It's got phenomenal smoked barbecue foods, really southern. It was delicious. Hey, this is Christopher Chan, the host of Happy Hour Radio, and right now you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Jump left, jump right, jump left, jump right, jump left, jump right, jump left, jump and. We are back on the Seattle Dine-In Show. I'm Tom, the publisher. I'm here with Connie, the front of the house, the senior editor, and all that stuff. And now that we got the crab jokes out of the way, (laughs) we will continue on with the uh, second part of our interview here with Tiffany Hitt. Yeah, we're going to talk now about cooking with class. And in case you didn't get it from our previous chit-chatting, Cooking with Class benefits the seniors at Pike Place Market. So Tiffany and I work together and, and all of the team at the Market Foundation on this event. And, of course, we're also going virtual, so that's totally new to me, and you're on your second time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to keep it in sort of the same format. So normally you would choose three chefs out of 22 and make a dish with them. You will all get three chefs anyway. It's just going to be the same three chefs. And we're going to film the demos, and they'll, they'll actually be... We've got Daisley Gordon from Cafe Campania. We've got Peter Levine, who is now consulting. He's got quite a, uh, 
a background. So he's all, and he's always fun to watch, you mm-hmm. know, to be around. Well, let's say his background. He worked for uh, Waterfront. Yeah, he worked for uh, McKay. So he McKay, was at yeah. um, Troiani when that was happened. He actually opened. Um, oh, now I'm not going to be able to say it. It's where Steelhead Diner is now, or was. Um, I can't remember the name of that place now. Um, but he's he worked at the Watergate Hotel in D.C. Oh wow! Yeah, he's got quite a rep, and he and he went to culinary school. His his that time was all in San Francisco, so um, he wow. is always fun to watch. He just bought a sailboat. <gasps> Lucky, I know. So he's sailing right now. Oh. Um, so that means he's social distancing. Yes, right, exactly. He's taking his whole family social <laughs> distancing away. Um, and then our third is new to cooking with class. He's never actually been at the event. Um, it's Maximilian Petty. Now, he has been nominated for James Beard Awards, three years running, 16, 17, 18. He's, he's gotten a lot of attention. He was in Austin. He was, you know, chefs under 40, and he was like 22 at the time or something. <laughs> and he got another one for chefs under 30. He's really great. Um, I did just, uh, and we talked about this a moment ago, but um, it looks like their original restaurant may close. They oh, just no. don't think they'll make it. But Eden Hill Provisions would still be there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's really exciting to have him involved. Yes, yes. So. And he, we had some of his food at Eden yes. Hill Provisions. And that shrimp po' boy I had oh. was, mm, was so really good. good. Yeah. And Kelly had that burger, which is, I've had numerous times takeout since this all has come down. The Big Mac? Nice. Yes, the Big Mac. Uh-huh. But I get the, the little, what do they call it? Little Tom or something. But because um, it's, I don't need the two patties. I just right. get you get one. that with a diet coke and a and a French fry. Or <laughs> diet? You I'm get sorry, the what? meal. <laughs> I'm getting hungry now. I know. <laughs> I tell you, I actually don't get the fries very often because they are incredibly good. They're the really thin ones. But honestly, even just walking the few blocks back to my house, they get cold, and they're not the same. Oh. So I just get them when I'm there. Smart. Yeah. But um, yeah, he. Uh, I'm very excited to have him there. So those those three have come. Um, I'm waiting on one dish. So when that happens, and we almost have our registration page up, so then you'll be able to actually register, um, and then we'll send you the recipes. And I'm going to take the recipes and send them to wineries, and have them say what of the, which ones of their wines would go with that. So you won't actually get wine like you do at the event, but you can go out and and do the pairings that the winery suggests, which is fun. Yeah, wonderful. And And we will include on where you can purchase that wine at mm -hmm. a couple of different locations. Yeah, hopefully, you know, if if enough, if we do it fast enough, you could um, hopefully get it from the winery, which would be the best thing for them. But most of the wineries have them in stores someplace. Mm-hmm. So we'll make sure we know that. Well, and I think what will be so wonderful about this is by you sending the recipes to the guests, you know, at Cooking with Class, you're a part of watching the chef make it and you're excited and you get to smell it and you get to taste it and then you move on yeah. and um, you may or may not make the recipe at home yeah. um, at, in, the, in the future, but this time you actually get to do that. And yeah. so that it kind of enhances the experience where instead mm-hmm. of just being a viewer, you know, you can actually um, create this yourself. And I think, I know I found 
real joy in cooking at home mm-hmm. um, during this time. So I've been doing a lot more experimenting and trying fancy recipes that I usually wouldn't. And um, I know I found a lot of joy in that too. So hopefully the, the guests will find joy yeah. in that as well. I've just will. been putting slices of cheese and pepperoni slices on top of Ritz crackers <laughs> and sticking them in the oven at 400 for 10 minutes. Well, you know, there's all sides of the spectrum. <laughs> he says these things, but he made lamb tenderloin one night Ooh. that I thought I was going to die. It was It was like butter. I mean, it just was so tender, and he did a dry rub what? on it, and he's actually quite a good cook. I believe it. Yeah. So um, what else do we need to let people know? The event is September 10th, mm-hmm. so um, that's when you will, can go out on YouTube, and we'll have all that information for everybody. And is it, it is free to sign up this year, is yes, that right? Yes, it is free. So you can sign up for free. You can watch it on, we'll have it, uh, we'll have a, f- a feed probably on Facebook or YouTube or somewhere. We're having it on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and just like the market, um, Rally for the Market, or Support for the Market, it will stay up on YouTube for a while. Yes. So That's even good. if, you know, you just aren't available on September 10th, because your life is so full during COVID, <laughs> um, you can go back and look at it again. And even more so, um, we will have the auction items available for people who pre-register so unlike when we hold the event in person you have more than just you know a couple of hours to peruse these wonderful items that connie has has curated um and to kind of dream about going on that vacation or having that amazing chef dinner and um so that auction will open up beforehand and so we encourage pre-registration so you can get the recipes and the wine pairings and start looking at those items and all that good stuff there's also with the software we use there's also a way to go in before the event and if you say oh i want that so badly i'm just gonna say i'll pay x amount of dollars and i'm i want it you can do that now you do have to still go back on the event night and make sure nobody outbids you <laughs> but um, if you're really into it you can you can do that and just as a little teaser we actually have dueling cruises this yes, year we, we have do. windstar cruises is back and that's been very popular and holland america has a cruise with us yes yeah and, and we even have some alaska airlines tickets yes. to pair with one of those as well yeah. which is new and this they will year. have extended dates that you can you don't have to sign up, like, for March, right? No, it's a year. There, I, I don't know what Holland America is. Windstar is a year. Yeah, I think they're being pretty lenient on making yeah. sure that it's for a time that's safe to travel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you know, obviously the cruise companies have had a terrible time with this, so they're going to do everything they can to make this a very special time for yes. you that's safe and fabulous. Yes, especially that Windstar cruise. So they have a few different locations, and one of them is Tahiti. Yes. And I was embarrassed that I didn't know where Tahiti was, so I pulled it up on yeah. a map, and I saw it smack dab in the middle of the ocean between South America and Australia, yeah. and I suddenly had the strongest urge to go to Tahiti. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to go there. Today. Um, today. <laughs> I'm just not coming back. Um, so I just can only imagine what a wonderful experience oh, that would be. It's going to be just fabulous. So, And we have a number of chef dinners. Peter Levine is going to do a dinner in someone's home. Clara of Castilla Spanish Restaurant in Bellevue is going to do a dinner. And you get to choose if you want it at the restaurant or in your home. Ooh, that's so, nice. Um, so we have a bunch of things like that. We've got some sleep-around packages, which are always very popular. And just what's so wonderful about this is that 
so many people want to have a positive impact on communities that need it yes. right now. And what better way to be able to make a donation to the Pike Place Market Foundation Senior Programs and then also have an amazing dinner, know. you know? So exactly. um, thanks to the hard work of you, Connie, once again, getting these packages. It's just such a mutually beneficial way of doing it. So, so I'm it is. really excited to see how it all works out. So let's talk about beyond the packages. If someone wants to donate but they, they got outbid or whatever, we have uh, the Raise the Paddle goes virtual this year? Yes. No, it's it's live, isn't it? Yeah, it'll be live, but it'll be through the online. The online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, yeah. Um, when when the registration page goes up, there will be a spot right there that says, can't make it, I want to donate now. Mm-hmm. So at any point, and also if you go out to the pikeplacemarketfoundation.org, and, it's, and you want to donate, and then there's a donate today, and then there's a spot that says allocate my gift to. Mm-hmm. And if you hit that and get the drop down, there is something that says cooking with class. So that okay. way it, it goes via, everybody knows that it came yes. through cooking with class, which yes. is nice. We like to keep track of our good friends. Yes. And what I appreciate so much about you know your approach to this, Connie, and I think the same thing that we're doing with Sunset Supper mm-hmm. is really taking time to appreciate and and honor the restaurant industry that's yes. been so hard hit by this. You know, we know that many businesses have either shut down or are doing very limited oh, yeah. takeout or even now limited capacity, and we know that that's a, a huge burden and um, it's kind of an unprecedented time for them too, mm-hmm. um, and so. I appreciate any time that we can kind of help them out because they've helped us out for so long. And now it's our time to kind of flip the script and and give back to them as well. And we, as always, whether it's virtual or not, we do hope that once people have seen chefs or met chefs that they want to go out to those restaurants and see. One year, and this was a number of years ago, but it's a story I love to tell, is that a guy bought the Chef Instant Wine Cellar, which was each wine, each chef, which there were 22, brought a bottle and signed it. And then whoever won it, you know, got 22 bottles, an instant wine cellar. One year, the guy who bought it called me afterwards and said, listen, can you help me? There are some signatures, no surprise here, that I can't read. (laughs) And he said, but what I want to do is take the bottle back into the restaurant and have the chef tell me what I should pair it with and have dinner at the restaurant with the bottle I bought. And I thought, that is the best way to honor those restaurants, Mm -hmm. you know, and to have a wonderful experience. So, you know, I I think that's why we like these events, because it is very, you know, everybody wants to help everybody else, and that's fabulous. Yeah. So So something that we're doing in August, um, we have an event called Sunset Supper that we've been doing. This would have been our 25th Sunset Supper, and we call it the party of the summer. And it really, truly is just a wonderful party. I know that you've come a few times, Connie. (laughs) And, you know, we turned Pike Place Market into a a big party venue where we have a a hundred plus restaurants, wineries, breweries, distilleries come in and multiple stages with dancing and music and games and all sorts of fun stuff. And it is our biggest fundraiser of the year. And it's something that we could never do without the generosity of the restaurants Mm -hmm. and wineries and breweries all coming in to donate their time and goods um, and talent to feed our guests all for the greater benefit of helping the market community. Um, So this year, of course, we can't have the party of the summer in Bike Place Market and, and bringing in um, all those people. So instead, we are doing a dine and donate um, 
week-long event. So we are encouraging people who would normally attend Sunset Supper or who are interested in participating in this to make a pledge to dine at one of our featured um, vendors or restaurants or wineries. It's broken up by neighborhoods, so you can find one um, mm-hmm. near you. And to have your own dining experience, whether it's purchasing something to go or visiting a patio or purchasing a product from that restaurant or a gift mm-hmm. certificate, whatever it might be, and then pledging to donate to the Pike Place Markets Recovery Campaign. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping that this is a great way for us to use our platform and to be able to send people to these businesses that are so generous with us year after year, um, knowing that as much as we can help them, you know, the next yeah. year, next August, we can celebrate um, with Sunset Supper in the market as usual. Exactly. And this is going to be the 14th through the 21st? Yes, yes. Okay. So the anniversary of the market is right in mid-August. Oh, okay. So when the market first opened, as you mentioned, to uh, be able to provide produce to people yeah. at an affordable price. <laughs> um, so it's a week-long celebration of the anniversary of the market, and we'll be sharing fun stories and videos and, and things. Um, so you can follow Pike Place Market Foundation on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that, for some of that fun stuff. And then to participate in that um, we're hoping that it'll, it'll help yeah. us. And, you know, I think everybody's trying to get out once in a while. So just look at the featured list and make one of those yours. Yeah. And I know yeah. I always, like, appreciate uh, shopping or, or patroning businesses that I know do good. Mm-hmm. And these businesses on this list do good. You know, they mm-hmm. donate to us, and I know that we're not the only ones. And so it's kind of a rewarding experience to say, like, hey, if I'm going to order dinner, I might as well do it from somebody who I know is helping benefit the community at, exactly. at large. Exactly. You'll also find some information that, uh, soon on that on Seattle Dining, too. Yes. There'll be a banner up, and we'll have it in our ad special for August. And Thank you so, so much. Yeah like to do that so all right i think we've talked this through i think so thank you so much for being here this was really fun oh thank so you appreciate for it on. i always appreciate chatting with you connie and you tom mm-hmm. my pleasure thank you for sitting six feet away we'll wipe this microphone down when i'm done <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break and then uh, connie and i'll come back and we'll have some tips and tricks Support for Seattle Dining and the Seattle Dining Show is provided in part by... Revolve True Food and Wine Bar in Bothell, where a passion for wellness, wonderful food, and good wine infuses everything they do. All menu items are free of gluten, grains, preservatives, trans fats, GMO, and soy. Enjoy wild seafood, organic farm-fresh eggs, and seasonal organic produce. Find them at revolvefoodwine.com. Hi, this is Carrie. I live down in Ording, and if you're ever down that way, stop in and check out Route 66 Pizza. Hi, this is Jeff Leichleiter with Tim's Cascade Snacks, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Kenny, are you awake? We are back on the Seattle Dining Show. I'm Tom, the publisher. I write stuff, too, sometimes. Yes, you do. And you do recipes. And I do recipes. Um, And Connie's here, and she writes stuff, and she does recipes. And uh, we do want to thank Tiffany Hitt for coming in from the Pike Place Market Foundation and sitting down and 
talking to us about how they've been navigating their way through COVID-19 and how we're going to navigate our way through it with Cooking with Class. And I hope you all join in since it's free to join in this year. We'd love to have a lot of eyes on it. So, uh, anyways, we've got some tips and some tricks to close the show up with. What do you got? Well, because this show has been so much about virtual events, I just wanted to say as a tip that um, none of us who create and promote events have a choice right now. They can't happen. So we've got to go virtual or cancel. And so the needs of all the beneficiaries don't go away. Everybody needs things more than ever, food, program help, you know, rent, all these (laughs) things. So the needs are the same, if not greater. So if you have an event you love or a cause that's close to your heart, do what you can to continue to support them this year. Go out to those virtual events, donate whatever you can. You know, everybody's hurting a little bit. So Mm -hmm. um, maybe you can't do as much as you would do on another year, but do what you can because that need is there. Yep. I agree. Um, shall I go? Yes, it is your turn. Okay, I'm going to save everybody 45 bucks right now. You oh, ready? good. All right, so uh, since we've all been spending a lot of time at home cooking, uh, and I am a big fan of America's Test Kitchen, mm. uh, I love their cookbooks. I bump into them sometimes online. I like to watch their shows. So I thought, well, um, they're going to give me a three-week shot at getting a subscription, and I can try before I buy. So I did, and I wasn't really impressed. And so two weeks into it, they charged my credit card. Even though they said it would be three weeks that you'd have to. Yeah, even though it was a three-week trial. So just before the end of the three weeks, I went to cancel it, and I had to get on the phone with them, and they said, no, 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 it was a two-week trial. And it wasn't. It was a three-week trial. So they kept my money, and uh, I don't – you know, I go in and I look at the website. We were uh, messing around with Welsh Rabbit the other day. No, nothing about Welsh Rabbit on the website, Hmm. which you'd think it would be huge and it would have something about Welsh Rabbit. So – I, I just say keep your money, you know, if, take your $45 and uh, buy one of their cookbooks. They're really excellent cookbooks. Uh, they say that with your $45 subscription, you get free shipping on any books you buy from mm. them. Well, they're cheaper and they're free shipping if you're a Prime member already on Amazon. Yeah. So that one's not going to be a benefit to you. Um, but I do highly recommend their cookbooks. And that's where... I will spend my money in the future yeah. is on their on their cookbooks. Or like Connie said, uh, maybe you want to donate your money to a program this year. Yeah. So uh but don't 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 I, yeah. I don't recommend putting money into you know, their subscription service. We're putting so many fabulous recipes that we've created or looked at elsewhere and tweaked for us. Yeah. Use those and give your money to a, a non profit. Or just you know? give your money to us. Oh yeah. We'll yeah, we just, are kind of a non profit. We sure are right now. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, anyways, that's my tip. All right. Well, in that case, it is time to wrap up. Thanks for joining us on the August show. And if you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. More free stuff. Just just visit seattledining.com, click on subscribe free, and you are in. We want you to eat safe. We want you to eat well and eat as often as you need to. 
Yeah, let's do that. And we'll be back here in September. See you then. Man. The Sound Writer Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patience of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of mixed media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.